Welcome to Ghostly. Is the Huntington Theater in Boston, Massachusetts haunted? Ghostly is a podcast that comes out every other week. In each episode, we take a ghost story or paranormal event and look into its complete history. Rebecca then gives us evidence proving that the story is real, and my job is to debate those pieces of evidence and get you, the listener, prepared to vote on if it's real or not. If you haven't yet, please hit that subscribe button. And as always, we're your host. I'm Pat, and that's Rebecca. Hello. I I like how I mentioned that Boston is in Massachusetts. <laughs> yeah. In that question, I nice. <laughs> after I, was, I, I noticed was that too. Reading and, it, and I was like, okay. <laughs> like well, instead of the Boston, other. New Zealand. Yeah. Right. Yeah, I was yeah. just gonna say. I mean, I'm sure there are other Bostons, but uh... sure. I mean, I'm sure there is. <laughs> But there's only one true Boston. Only right? one true Boston, yes. Um, yeah, so we're going to be talking about this theater. Uh, I always love doing the theater ones mm-hmm. because I'm a theater kid. I don't know about you. Rebecca. I am also a theater kid. I mean, maybe not as extreme as some others, but that was certainly one of my summer activities for definitely, sure. Definitely, definitely. And um, this one has a lot of history, and it was hard to put it all together. Okay. I don't know about for you the ghost stories. Were Lots they... of good ghost stories. Okay. Nope. Well, I was. I was. It was fun. Okay, my well, part of it. So, hopefully, you'll like it. Well, mine just wasn't easy. That's all. But it was. It was okay. Yeah, theater histories okay. are difficult, especially because this one changed hands. I know it a few did. times. So. And it changed like it was went from like a theater where plays are at to a movie theater. Oh, yeah. Okay, and to, then back, and then back. Yeah, right. <laughs> and then it became another theater, <laughs> oh. and then it. Yeah, it's. Gotcha. It's got a wild history. Mm-hmm. So stick around for that. <laughs> uh, so this is the part where we would usually do shout outs or. Um, talk about reviews that people mm-hmm. have left for us there were none this time but if you would like to get a shout out on ghostly there's two ways to do that you can give us a review on apple podcast you know we always prefer those five star reviews but we will read any and all reviews that we receive and the second way is to become a member on patreon uh, just go to ghostlypodcast.com and click on patreon in the menu bar and we have a few different tiers to choose from going from one dollar to ten dollars a month yeah, and a big part of being a member on Patreon for some of those levels is that you can get our show Ghostly X. Yes. Where we are in the middle of an awesome series right now on secret societies. Yeah. I feel secret the need, societies, right? I, you were whispering. I feel yeah. the need to whisper secret yeah. societies every time I say that phrase. Yeah. Well, it's been really fun <laughs> so far. We've we've covered the Knights Templar mm-hmm. and then uh we are we we did the Freemasons mm-hmm. and next up is the Illuminati. The Illuminati. Yeah, and we also we certainly will get back to talking about ghosts on there too. We yes. we do that uh, a lot of our bonus material and stuff gets on there. So, uh, anyways, check out uh, ghostsleep dot com, ghostsleeppodcast dot com, and click on Patreon. All right, all right. So I've got some listener mail. Okay, this one is hot off of the listener mail presses. Whoa, yeah, we we got a few this week, which is great. Um, and I'm working my way through them. If you have some, definitely send it to us. Pat will tell you how in a little bit. Um, but first, I'm going to share this one. Okay. Um, so this is from Dakota. All right. Okay. I was a skeptic for the longest time, mm. but now I'm starting to believe in the paranormal. September of 2016, my uncle passed away of a fentanyl overdose. Oh. He was prescribed a patch for his pain, He lost one of the main muscles in his calf. He lost it in a motorcycle crash. Mm. I won't bore you with the details, but he lived until he was 43. So now we would be 50 as of 2023. Wow. My mom always used to say she would see him around the house and in her dreams, but I never really believed her. I thought it was just a grieving thing. 
Now, I was only seven when he passed, but I still remember all of it. My mom is not the only one that experienced things. Um, Though my great-grandmother, who is in her 80s, said that she would see a tall black figure, kind of boxy, looking, standing in the corner of her room or at the foot of her bed. She said she could even talk to it, even though it wouldn't talk back and she could move. My grandma, who was in her 60s, said she would see him in her dreams and so forth, like the classic hummingbird stuff. I never believed any of that until about one month ago. I just came home from school. I'm now 14. So thank you for letting us share your story. (laughs) Um, And as any middle schooler would do, I went to take a nap. And when I woke up, I went to walk out of my room. And at the end of the hallway, there was a tall, dark box looking figure. I honestly didn't know what to do. So I just walked back into my room. And when I went to go back out, it was gone. But last weekend, I had a friend spend the night and she said she walked out at the same point in the hallways and she saw a tall black figure and sharp looking. My heart dropped. I looked at my grandma who was watching us that night and we were both white. Uh, were white. We had never told the girl about my uncle and we weren't really open on the subject. But ever since then, I see him peeking next to the door on certain occasions. I don't know what it is and what to think. What do you think it could possibly be? Do you believe? Hashtag team middle. Mm. So first of all, thank you. Yes. Thank you so much, Dakota. I really appreciate it. And as an English teacher, I'm going to tell you right now, you are writing extremely well for your age. (laughs) Like I have read many a middle school, high school and college Mm. level writing. (laughs) You are a great writer. So please, please, please keep writing. Um, All right. So I mean, this, it's hard to say, you know what I mean? But um, the fact that multiple generations have seen him in this house, I mean, you know, I'm going to say seems like something, but. I mean, I don't know if I necessarily believe it's the uncle, but I definitely believe that you should um, listen to, you know, what your what your heart is telling you and um, process those feelings and um, be be respectful of it. Mm-hmm. And that's about it. I mean, I don't think you can go wrong if you do those things then. Yep, that sounds like a plan. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, but, you know, we always want to hear your stories. If you want us to read one of your stories online, just go ahead and email us at info at ghostlypodcast.com or we have a contact form on our um, webpage, ghostlypodcast.com. You can just go to and click on contact us. Uh, or one of our favorite ways is to get snail mail. Yeah. Is, uh, for you to send something to P.O. Box number 264 in Geneva, Illinois, 60134. And um, we usually don't check that every week. We usually check it like every other week or something like that. So it might be a little bit late, but we love getting those. And those take priority. I will I will tell you that. We I, like to read those right do. away. Yeah, exactly. Because yep. we're so excited about it. Yes, definitely. This is the part I'm not excited about. <laughs> well, first, just to say, if you forgot that address already and all yes. of those things, just go to ghostlypodcast.com and all of it's in the footer. Look in the on footer. On the website. Yep. You got it. All right. Yes, it is your favorite time. No. No, it is, though. No. Yeah, it's time for the polls. Poll mm. results. <laughs> so we had a surprise episode last time. Yeah. Which was uh, Julia Brown, the supposed voodoo priestess. Yes. Right? Um, and we had Brandon from Southern Gothic on. 
and he told us the story. Yes, and we weren't going for was was this a curse? We were going for did she predict the town's decline? Right, in a supernatural way, was she able to predict yes. this town's decline? Because she well, said I don't know if supernatural, but I don't know what. Well, it is. I take it. I guess take it for however yeah. you read it. Right. So we have yes, sixty six point seven percent, and no, thirty three point three. All right. Well, I really had no stakes in this game. I gave it a four. So um, I mean, yeah. And let me tell you, the overall rating that people gave it, Mm -hmm. uh, they said 5.89. Wow. I think that's one of the highest we've had. For a while, at least. For a while, Um, yeah. And it just shows that, I mean, there's something there. I don't know what it is, but there's something Mm -hmm. there. Um, You know, it's one of those stories that you can't really prove or disprove yet. Mm -hmm. Hopefully, at some point, we get more evidence that sways us one way or the other. Yeah, but it was great, and we... Thank Brandon again for coming on and yes. uh, telling us that story. Uh, he was just so awesome, wasn't he? He was. He yeah. was great. So hopefully we can collaborate again in the future. Yes. All right. So now, though, let's get into this week's story. Okay. I'm going to start with a ghost story, of course. All right. All right. It's time for a spooky tale. I think it's time to tell the story. It's not a long one, but it has affected me for a lot of years. I was a student at Boston University about 15 years ago, and we were doing a student theater production, and I had a small role in the play, and I was also doing crew work. We all pitched in. Well, one night, we were finishing up, and most people were in the back getting ready to leave and go out, as college students do, and I was still in the theater with another girl just trying to get everything put away. I was looking around, just making sure everything was good to go, when I saw something up in the catwalk. I looked closer, and it was a figure. I think a man, but I couldn't tell. It was dark up there, and they were in shadow. But no one was supposed to be up there. So I yelled up, hey, who's there? No response. Hey, I moved forward a little bit to get a better look. And the figure moved away. And then I couldn't see it. I kept moving and looking and it was gone. I told our director what I saw and he climbed up there because we didn't want to leave the theater with someone in it. Maybe they were lost or doing something they shouldn't. But he couldn't find anybody. I didn't think too much of it. I figured someone on the cast was up there and just got freaked out that they were going to be in trouble. But then on the last night during the rap party, the director told me something that changed what I thought. He told me that he also saw a ghostly figure. A man dressed as Macbeth, he said the Scottish king, of course, who faded away when he tried to look closer. He told me that other students have seen him throughout the production. So then I realized that maybe what I saw wasn't a person, at least not one still of this earth. All right. So my question always is how much of this is real versus how much is Rebecca? So there are reports of students seeing a figure in the catwalk. Macbeth? Um, They couldn't tell that from where they were to see up in the catwalk, but the director of that production did, and we will definitely talk about it, Mm -hmm. claim to see someone... A ghostly figure dressed as Macbeth. Wow. Again, 
in the theater, you can't say Macbeth, though. So you say the Scottish play, the Scottish king. It's like a whole thing. It's like yeah. a curse thing. But um, <laughs> but anyway, so I just kind of like, I don't know if that conversation ever happened or how, mm-hmm. you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. But but these are two reports that, right. that exist out there. So, um, yeah. Okay, well, we're going to take a short break. And when we return, we will get to the history. Throughout our time doing Ghostly, we've met a lot of great people, people that don't always fit into our episode schedule. And even when they do, we try to focus on the topic of the episode and we don't really get a chance to get to know them as a person. That's why we came up with the idea of Ghostly X. Ghostly X will come out on the weeks when there is no regular Ghostly episode. And it'll have interviews with amazing people and listener feedback from previous episodes. We also can't wait to talk about the paranormal in the news. We're very proud of this project, and we can't wait to share it with you. Ghostly X is a Patreon exclusive. You can start listening now by going to ghostlypodcast.com and clicking on the Patreon link in the menu bar to become a patron and help support Ghostly by listening to our brand new show. We are back, and the Pat Facts are sponsored by Tarot by Ta. Ta is a professional tarot card reader with over 20 years of experience. He reads at numerous public events, private parties, and personal appointments throughout the greater Chicagoland area. He also does his readings worldwide using online services like Zoom. And he's hashtag team skeptic, Rebecca. (laughs) So that um, makes it even more special. Uh, If you want to find out more about Ta, visit and like his Facebook page at facebook.com slash tarot by Ta. So let's just get into the Pat Facts. Pat Facts. So we're going to start off with Henry Jewett, who was born in 1862 in Australia. And he is best known for Sir Sir Highwayman in 1913. Okay. So Sir Highwayman was a silent black and white movie. And all that I know about the movie <laughs> is that it was a short, it was a romance, and it was a thriller. Ooh. A thriller romance. Okay. Short thriller romance. Uh, Hen- Henry Jewett starred in it as Rex Marlowe, a.k.a. Sir Highwayman. Rex Marlowe. I love that name. <laughs> yeah, right? That's great. Uh, he was also known as Julia Marlowe's uh, leading man. Okay. Whatever that means Whatever to you. that means to, to you. All right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he put out a call and started a theater group called the Henry Jewett Players in Boston. Uh they started doing Shakespeare at the Boston Opera House, but shortly after moved to the Copley Theater in 1916. Seven years later, they established the Jewett uh, 
Repertory Fund, which would give the Henry Jewett players a home of their own, finally. I mean, I think, okay, so just like reading through that, though, I think a lot of times, you know, young actors and groups, they get stressed, like they want their own place and they want to, you know, all of it all at once. But it's like, this just shows like, hey, it takes time. Yeah. You know, first you start doing stuff at, you know, one and then you move to another and then, you know, it's, 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 it takes time. I belong to a theater company and we've, you know, used probably like four or five different venues at this point now. Yeah. And, you know, we would love to have our own place. Right. And maybe But we don't yet. Yeah. Yeah. He chose a place on Huntington Avenue that he wanted to open up. Okay. Uh, He deliberately placed his theater in the thick of Boston's cultural landmarks by Symphony Hall, the Museum of Fine Arts, and the Opera House. Good choice. Um, The Kickstarter or GoFundMe (laughs) of the day quickly took hold and there were a lot of notable donors. Um, A. Lawrence Lowell, uh, president of Harvard University, donated, and uh, U.S. President Kelvin Coolidge, um, just to name a couple of people. Wow. Yeah. That's really big to have the president donate to your theater. Right? It's crazy. Uh, Plans were designed by J. William Beale Sons. Uh, I don't think that it's saying that they're sons. I believe it's saying that that's the name of the company. That's the name of the company, Yeah. yeah. In the uh, Georgian revival style. Okay. Uh, the theater op- opened with a Richard Brinsley Sheridan's The Rival on November 10th of 1925. It had a great beginning and even had even was tax exempt. Oh, wow. So you would think that they would do outstanding. Mm-hmm. But they struggled to pay the bills. The, the reasons for this are not exactly clear. One of it was saying that um, Mrs. Henry Lewitt mm. ran off with somebody and took a lot of the money or something like that. But that's there's no proof to this. It's just rumors. Right. Whatever, whatever happened. Well, and the reality is I'm sure it was, well, we know it takes more money than you think. Like whatever m- amount of money you raised to like build this theater up. I'm sure that it probably ended up costing <laughs> a lot more than that. Right. And like that's a really expensive part of the city, I'm sure, even then. Yes. You know, lots of competition and you know, yeah. I'm unless Well, yeah, you're... I think it's competition. I think that they had competition from uh commercial playhouses in the area. Sure. And I also think that they had competition from this new thing that was invented called the oh. talkie. The talkie did them in, I think. Okay, there you go. And when the theater closed in nineteen thirty, it was converted into a movie house. To show those, like, talkies then. Right, right. Jewett died the same year. Aw. During the 1930s and the 40s, the theater, then known as the Esquire Theater, was the place to see art films in Boston. Boston University bought this location in 1953, and its theater arts program produced its first play at the venue in 1954. The Huntington was founded in 1982 by Boston University under President John Silber and Vice President Gerald Gross uh, and was separately incorporated as an independent nonprofit in 1986. So it became like separate from the university. Okay. Even though the university owned part of it, it was separate from them. Okay. But in 2016, as a result of Boston University's decision to sell the Boston University Theater, on Huntington Avenue, the Huntington Theater Company and Boston University dissolved their relationship. Mm. 
the new owners of the Boston University Theater Complex, and this is funny, this is the name of it, OMG Huntington LLC. (laughs) So, oh my God, Huntington, (laughs) proposed the creation of a new condo tower while also allowing the Huntington to lease the renovated theater space for $1 per year for the next 99 years. Whoa. Uh, Construction was originally projected to be completed in late 2020. However, the project was delayed by the pandemic. And um, the renovated theater reopened in October 2022. The renovation project won an award from the Boston Preservation Alliance. Okay. I will tell you that there is some a little bit darker things here I didn't include in the history. Like um, there's this thing going around in um, in theater companies where, you know, they are being checked for their diversity, mm. which a lot of theater companies are not very diverse. Yeah. And um, I think there was some other stuff too. And, you know, people got let go and. Gotcha. And then some discrimination of different, like, yeah, I've definitely, yeah. And there were some furloughs along the way too. And it was, it was difficult probably for some of these people that worked there. Sure. um, But that is the history that I have. Do you have anything to add to this? The only thing I'll Pretty short history. Yeah, the only thing I'll add is kind of interesting because I didn't realize this, that that the theater back in the day opened with that um, Richard Sheridan's The the Rivals. Mm -hmm. So that playwright Sheridan is pretty old. Like he's an Irish playwright from the 1700s. Wow. And um, so we did the Drury Lane Theater in Mm -hmm. London and they often performed Sheridan's plays. Oh, cool. And uh, the revivals and the School for Scandal were like the two big plays. Yeah. So like, just like, I don't know, like today we still do Shakespeare. Like Shakespeare still lives. Yes. Even through all of these centuries. But for a few centuries, there were some other playwrights, mm-hmm. you know, that like would still get performed. For some reason, we have kind of gone out of the the favor. <laughs> you know, I don't know. Well, they still, I mean. I'm sure they're still. The Henry Jewett players did do a lot of Shakespeare stuff. Sure. Too. That was one of the things that they were most known for. Right. She was doing Shakespeare. But I'm just saying like today, you would still maybe be, you would of yeah. course still be able to find Shakespeare. Not so much Sheridan. I mean, I'm yeah. sure there are still some places or sometimes where that happens, but um, for some reason it just hasn't, you know. Well, it's all the consumer dollar, Rebecca. There you go. And then the talkies too. Like I wonder, like, I mean, so because, okay. So like, that's always super interesting to me because he obviously was a silent film actor, right? Because he was in that movie that you saw. Sir, yes, Sir Sir Highwayman. Highwayman. Um, But because he was also an actor in the theater, I'm guessing maybe he didn't, maybe he had a good voice. (laughs) But for whatever reason, he didn't make it into the talkies. Well, the talkies were know. invented, and then he died. Right. So I mean, he, like, I don't think he had a chance to. He was running a theater company. Right. That's but, true. I mean, here's the thing, though. If you really think about it, is that before there were talkies, um, <laughs> everybody went to the theater, the local theater, to yep. do everything. You know, it yep. was not uncommon for you to go to the theater once a week or once every other week um, for some kind of entertainment value. Yep. And um, it just wasn't happening at this point because they were going to these talkies where someone would put on the film and it was doing all the work for them. They didn't have to hire actors. They didn't have to hire all these things. They just paid to, you know, play the movie. And that was it. Yeah. Things changed a lot with the the start of the movies. And um, I'm sure a lot of theaters closed at that time. 
Well, uh, speaking of closing, let's take a short break. And then when, when we return, Rebecca will give us her debate. Let's do it. Pat, what do creepy stories, funny ghost memes, and inside ghostly information have in common? Um, my life. <laughs> well, yes, but <laughs> no, it's also Ghostly Society on Facebook. Oh, yeah, I mean, that too, of course. I, but aren't all ghostly listeners in Ghostly Society? Not yet. What? I mean, that means that they're missing out on all my jokes. Yeah, they are. And missing out on chatting and sharing with other listeners and us, of course. We love talking to our listeners. If you haven't yet, you should consider joining our private group on Facebook called Ghostly Society. Let's hope now they will. Unless they're a woman in white. back and uh, I'm ready for a debate, Rebecca. All right, let's do it. All right. So as I mentioned, there are uh, quite a few stories yes. for this one. Um, and pretty much most of them relate to Henry Jewett. Mm-hmm. Like that's the ghost <laughs> that sure. people see. I mean, there's the, we'll, we'll talk about another one and, and there there's maybe even a few more, but pretty much he's, well, I, he's I our don't, ghost. Okay, I don't believe that even if there is a ghost there that they know that it's Henry Jewett. Oh? They suspect there are reasons. There are reasons for them suspecting okay. him. Okay, so we'll, we'll go with that. Okay, so first is Roger Meeker, mm-hmm. who's the director from Boston University, right? Okay. So we kind of talked about him in my story, mm-hmm. right? So he was working on a production with students in the theater in the 1990s, and he claims, as we talked about in the the story, mm-hmm. to have met or seen Jewett as a ghost back in the 90s, mm. when returning to his office after an evening rehearsal. So he, say, he says, this is a quote, some spirit, he says, somebody was down at the end of the hall. It was a man dressed in sort of Elizabethan garb, and it was all of the things that you typically associate with ghosts, a figure that you can see through, sort of gray and diaphanous. Mm. I kept approaching, he recalls. I'm curious about these things. But the figure, the vision, disappeared. And it wasn't like it walked out of the room or anything. It just went away. Now, how much of this is my imagination and suggestion? I don't know, Meeker says. At the time, all the kids claimed to have seen the ghost sitting in the theater watching a rehearsal or something. So the power of suggestion was pretty strong. And everyone in the theater had a fairly vivid imagination anyway. Most of these sightings could simply have been products of that imagination. But on the other hand, I don't dismiss the possibility of there being some kind of energy around that does manifest itself. So. Sure. Um, Okay. Well, first of all, uh, I like that he actually went towards it. Most of the time we get these people that run away from it. And it's hard to 
prove anything. But here's the thing too, when you, um, like when you're driving on the highway and you see that like oasis looking thing where you see like <laughs> there's a puddle up there ahead, mm-hmm. you never get to that puddle, right? Mm-hmm. And as you're going that puddle, you know, it's one of those things as you get closer, your, your vision gets better of that particular area, I believe. And, um, the illusion then dissipates. Oh, that's an interesting way of looking at that. Yeah. I thought it was interesting that, you know, he walked towards it though. I give him a lot of credit for that because as I said, a lot of people don't, um, now, why he was in Elizabethan garb, I I think that was more the suggestion of the kids. Mm-hmm. I think that they suggested this idea to him. He's, you know, it's got to be frustrating. Everybody else has seen this stupid ghost, but you don't see it. <laughs> I could see that being a Scooby-Doo. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, it is it is kind of weird, but I, I guess I'll just say that since then, you know, there's been um, sightings as well. So, um, but yeah, I, I, I don't know. Well, to I don't me, go on the... I go on exactly what you're talking That's about all you right can now. Do. Yep. And at this piece of evidence, I give it a zero. You give it a zero. Okay. Yes. I'm going to give this one, um, I'm going to give it a seven. Okay. Yeah. I mean, like I, like he seems pretty specific about what the ghosts look like. And, you know, I mean, you know, he is trying to kind of explain it away to himself, you know, which I think we like to do. Um, but I, I don't love know. to it's do a that. pretty specific. Vision. I love to explain things away to myself. <laughs> All right. So here's another one. There's a portrait of Jewett mm-hmm. that hangs in the lobby. Okay. So according to Virginia Emerson, who um, has recently, like more recently than the, the director from a long time ago. Mm-hmm. So she worked, at, I don't know if she's still there, but pretty recently she worked as the assistant costume director. And she said that things go weird when the light that shines on the painting goes out, like mm. just burns out, okay. you know, like nothing, you know, whatever. So she says, we're careful to make sure that everything's perfect with his portrait or he gets upset. (laughs) So they found when the light isn't functioning properly, strange occurrences basically happen to bring people to that side of the theater until someone fixes the light. (laughs) So she gave some examples. So there might be a disturbance in the bathroom in the upper lobby when no one has been in that area for a while because the theater has been dark for a week. Mm. Or for some strange reason, the UPS guy left packages in that lobby instead of the other lobby where they usually drop things off. So to prevent the issues, the staff takes pains to guarantee that Jewett is comfortable wherever they've needed to move the portrait. Hammerson explains that for the current renovation, right, so they just opened back mm-hmm. up in 2022, a complete overhaul, the scene shop has built a special crate for his portrait which includes a light that's kept on 24-7 <laughs> so that they don't have issues. Interesting. Um, so I wonder how much of this is just coincidence, though, and how much of it, like, I, it would be, like, interesting to set up, like, a, like a, like an observation of this area and stuff like that and see, okay, how many times does the delivery man go to this lobby versus this lobby? When does that happen? How often does that happen? Turn off the lights and see if it happens more frequently. Mm-hmm. I'm sure that they don't do that. I'm sure that, you know, I'm sure that they just see the package there in the lobby and then they look over and the lights off. You know, it's like, I don't know if there's any correlation between them. It's interesting, but I, I have to give it a zero, Rebecca. I'm sorry. <laughs> I give this one an 
An eight. An eight? Yes. Because, I mean, yes, I agree. It doesn't necessarily sound like they've done a total scientific thing. But I mean, I do think that if you've been around for a while, you know, you kind of say like, you know, they never drop stuff off over here. But then, you know, like the one time that they do, the light's out. The fact that they used up energy and (laughs) spent money to build a special light for his painting crate that he's in because they're like, we don't want to deal with him being upset. I don't know if they spent any extra money. They probably, one one person had the idea, thought it was cute, and did it. Well, I mean, to have a light that's on 24-7, that seems like if a lot. If it's an LED light, it doesn't cost that all much. All right. Well, all. anyways, I, I that, that says a lot to me. So. All right. <laughs> he needs the spotlight on him. He huh? does, obviously. He's in theater. Okay, next one. Um, so Emerson, the same woman here, um, and others have also observed a piano playing on its mm. own. Okay. So there's a small upright rehearsal piano that was stored on the basement level near the dressing rooms. Sometimes music could be heard, show tunes from the 30s and 40s. So this may or may not be, I don't think this is Jewett, actually. Mm-hmm. This is by other ones. Um, on a couple of occasions, she says, I heard the piano and when I stepped into the hallway, there was nobody there. The company learned more about the paranormal neighbors when, around 15 years ago, a medium visited the theater. So Emerson says the medium suggested that the piano player's name was Leo, and he played for the spirit of a singer and showgirl named Gloria, who had starred in musicals. Since learning that information, Emerson says she and the others will respond to the piano playing by stepping into the hallway and calling out, Hey, Leo, how are you? Or, sorry, how you doing? Hmm. How you doing? How you doing? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Okay. This is difficult for me because they're not actually seeing the piano being played. They're hearing it. They're hearing it, yes. So that's that's different than what I was thinking. Um, I don't know. This is going to be a difficult one to prove one way or the other. I would say maybe... um, Maybe there's something that's causing the keys to ring out, and then you just associate it with the, with these songs or something. But I don't know, so I'm gonna have to give it like a two then for this one. Okay, yeah. just because it's it, it would be impossible to say for sure this or for sure that. Yeah, without being there and experiencing. Yeah, exactly. It. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I again, this one, I you know, this place, it's 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 got some interesting stories. So I'm gonna give it. I'm gonna give it a seven. Okay. Um, just because I do think it seems like it's it's real. I mean, in the medium felt something. Um, but also, you never know. It could just be like a, when the neighbors play sure, music. Exactly, or so. I yeah. mean, I do think that I have a little bit. That seems a bit or crazy. Or what if it but... actually is a player piano and it's just a really good one where you can't see anything that they're <laughs> Well, doing. I would hope I they know. would know that, you know, but, but you never know. I don't know. I don't know what the story is. Yeah. I, I would have to examine a lot of stuff in that. Mm-hmm. All right. Couple more. Mm-hmm. Um, so Emerson also remembers then apparition being spotted the opening night of a play that happens to feature a ghost. The company's 2008 co-production with the Chicago Goodman Theater. So that's why I picked mm, this one. Okay. <laughs> of Connor McPherson's Shining City. Okay. During a scene in which the characters discuss the ghost. So there's like a ghost in the play. A mysterious figure appeared on stage and kind of waved at the audience and faded away. The specter was observed by another member of the costume shop who has worked for the company for more than three decades. As Emerson notes, with few Boston area theaters um, that feature costuming on the Huntington's level, when you find a place you stick around, it seems the same is true of the theater's ghost. So it's a long, 
winded thing there. But. So the ghost sticks around because they have really good costumes? I, I don't know. I think she just means like people stick around. You know, they've had people yeah. working there for a long time. So they kind of remember these stories and the ghosts seem to stick around too. Um, and actually what's what's interesting, and I, I didn't put this in here because I wasn't totally sure, but I, I will mention it. I did um, like on one of the articles, somebody commented about a ghost like mm-hmm. seeing a play there and like seeing a ghost on stage. But I wasn't quite sure if they were just talking about like the ghost that's in the production. Sure. Versus. So I didn't, I don't include this is, that. This is another difficult one because I don't know what the shape looks like. Like we're, we're assuming that this is a perfectly perfect looking ghost that they're seeing up on stage. That's waving. But what about if it's just like a black shadowy thing that seems to wave or something like that, that can be caused from something. I don't, this is a difficult one because of that, because it doesn't give any real indication of what they're actually seeing. You know what I'm saying? It just is a mysterious figure and yeah. kind of waved. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm going to have to go two on this one too. Um, only because again, there's not enough there. Like if they said that, you know, it was dressed like this or done like this, it gives a little bit more to play mm-hmm. off of, but this doesn't give anything to really, you know, I'm not to say it's bad evidence. I'm just saying that evidence comes to us sometimes that's like this mm-hmm. where I don't know. It could be a <laughs> lot of different things. Yeah. I, I have no idea. So I'm going to give it a two just because um, I'm feeling generous. Okay. I'm going to give it a seven again. Of course. Um, yeah, well, I mean, to me that like, so like a yeah. couple people saw it and it waved at the audience and I mean, that seems crazy. I mean, I don't know if it's Jewett or if it was some, somebody else. Um, but that's just, man, you know, there's something about theaters that just seems to grab spirits and they just kind of keep hanging out, you know, which to me, again, I'm not a, okay. Like when you say theater kid earlier, like I'm kind of a periphery theater person. Like it's, I'm not, I am not a theater kid, like Mm -hmm. or theater person, but I've been around a lot of theater people. Sure. And it wouldn't surprise me at all. If their spirits just still hang out at the theater because because, that's because their, we're all weird people because that's, that's what just you're saying. Your, well that's <laughs> like your place you hey, know your I'm comfort, wearing a shirt that says place. future ghost there you go you yeah. know so maybe I am gonna be one <laughs> um I yeah I don't know I don't know all right so I have so, one but at least there's been no lady in white so far so ah uh, I have one more what you've spoken a little too soon. Oh my god! I thought we were gonna get away with one no, episode. No, 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 we could not get away <laughs> with oh, that because there is yet another ghost, yes. and it is the lady in white. <laughs> um, so this is the ghost of a wardrobe mistress who hangs out in the lounge. Um, I love how so, they call her a wardrobe mistress. I don't know. So someone that worked in wardrobe back yeah. in the day. Um, so this uh, this incident happened. Uh, Donna Glick, who mm-hmm. is the director of education at the Huntington Theater for over 18 years. She was giving a tour and a psychic. So I'm assuming this is the same psychic who saw the piano player. Um, she had a reaction and she said she could see or feel an angry woman on the stage. She saw, said she saw her crossing the stage back and forth. So they put in a note in this particular article that there was an actress, Peg and Whistle, who was famous for committing suicide off the Hollywood sign, um, who was part of the Henry Jewett players and did spend time on that stage. So I guess some people think that's who it could be, but of course we have no that at all. Wow. Um, 
Well, but also too, I nobody saw this person. Just this uh, psychic said that she yes. felt this person yes. around. So yeah, I'm gonna give this one a zero. The psychic can just be making this up. I mean, they brought her in for a reason. She's giving them something. Mm. And then yeah, they and then know. after the fact, they looked up and found this actress Peg. Uh, person that matches something that could do something. And I I did not look her up, so I'm not sure if this is legit that she died in the Hollywood. Mm-hmm. Um, but, any, you know, it, it doesn't matter, though. The psychic said that, that she saw something and they found something to validate that. Um, it, to me, it's all up to the psychic then. Psychic could have said anything. Could have said, you know, there's somebody in your family that has a name that begins with T or that has a T in it <laughs> or that like to drink tea. Yeah. So zero for this one. Right. I'm going to give it a five. I, to me, okay. yeah, it's a little less. At least you did go down. Too. I did I because it's like, yeah, like again, people have seen ghosts around. So it's possible that, yes. you know, this is the one that people are, one of the ones that people are seeing. But again, I could not find any other stories of yeah. people seeing this figure other than, the, sure. the psychic so sure. yeah so it's a little bit less so then what would be your overall rating then rebecca so i think my overall rating then is going to be a seven a seven okay. you know because i had a couple lower a couple higher yeah but so. that's still pretty high for you it is pretty seven high for me again good. these are some pretty interesting stories well they i mean they did say people. this is the this is the number three most haunted theater in the yeah. world but yeah that's why uh, i picked it so so i'm gonna have to go one yeah you had a couple twos and a bunch of zeros so yeah i'm gonna go one that would the closest i i can do rounding up okay you know would be it so that brings us to the closing argument we this is our last chance to convince you to vote our way we're each given one minute of uninterrupted time and we will time each other on our cell phones to keep each other honest yes both of us honest i'm i've never went over my time (laughs) rebecca are you ready i am ready all right and go so i think this place is haunted i think it's really interesting that you know like a lot of times with these we do hear these stories and you're like oh people say they see this and people say they see that and it's it's hard to to get that or you know you hear stories of um you know, ghost hunters or whatever. But this is more than that. You know, this is some specific people that um, have seen things and have told their stories. Um, and, you know, they're they're not the only ones, but I think they're pretty credible people. And it is interesting. I noticed that there were some links that I saw that people had put of links back to the theaters page to talk about some of these things. And that page is gone. It's no longer available. So the theater itself does not advertise like, hey, we're haunted. Like they don't talk about it. So um, I don't know. To me, too many stories, too many people seeing some real things. All right. Wow. You had like a second left there. There you go. All right. Are you ready then? I am ready. Yes. Okay. And go. We do this cat and mouse game where um, the believers are going to believe the story no matter what. (laughs) And the skeptics are not going to believe this no matter what. And I am going for the middle people then. So this is who I'm trying to convince. I don't think there was enough evidence to say that there truly was. There was no pictures, no video. There was descriptions, but the descriptions were vague most of the time. Uh, There wasn't enough to say anything is going on in this place other than just a bunch of people spooked out because they're in a big place and it's dark. That's it. 
All right, you have more time. Are you I sure? I know. Yeah, I'm done. All right, there you go. Yeah, I never go even close to going over. Rebecca. <laughs> well, now it's time to go vote. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So yeah, go vote. Uh, we want you to go to ghostlypodcast.com and click on polls. Or if you are a Patreon member, we have just launched something new. It's called um, Click to Vote. They just go in there, click on one thing, and they just vote right away. They don't even have to go to ghostlypodcast.com. Yeah. I mean, now, if, you, uh, if you're listening on an app somewhere, if you scroll down, there is a link that goes to ghostlypodcast.com, but then you still got to find the polls. Yeah, but, exactly. You know, but still, uh, you know, you, you can do it that way. Yeah, absolutely. Or if you're on social media, I always um, put a link to the polls mm-hmm. there, too. But still, you're going to Ghostly Podcast. They, the, our Patreons go right to... Right, and the they, they get to vote early because they get they, the episodes early. They do get to vote early, yes. Yep. So I want to thank everyone so much for listening. Please share us with your friends and family as word of mouth is our best advertisement. Remember to hit that subscribe button if you didn't already do so. And uh, we like to give a shout out to our VIP producers, which um, are our Patreons. Our high-level p- Patreons. Yeah, Emily. Alicia. Carrie. Becky. Kim. Ta. Ernie. Marisol. Shayla. Cindy. Kevin. Nicole. Darnay, Jessica, Sarah, Linda, Alice, Austin, Aaron, Hope, and Candy. And on the next episode of Ghostly, we're going to be talking about the Fister Hotel, which is in Milwaukee. 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 And I have been there. Wow. Okay. I've been by there. (laughs) (laughs) And it comes out on July 12th. So I hope everyone has a safe and uh, happy 4th of July for those that celebrate. (laughs) Yes. Yes. (laughs) We do have listeners all around the globe. Everybody's going to have a 4th of July. That's true. You can choose to celebrate it for whatever reason you want. There you go. (laughs) Just call it barbecue day. Yes. (laughs) All right. So um, until next time, stay ghostly. Bye.